When a fellow believer shares his or her story with you, what grabs your attention? Are there certain themes you listen for? Are there commonalities amidst the diversity and complexity of our individual stories? Experiences that we share and that map onto a basic framework of understanding? I'm glad to welcome you as a listener to this podcast. I'm Mike Emlett, counselor and faculty member at the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation, CCEF. In conjunction with the release of my new book, Saints, Sufferers, and Sinners, Loving Others as God Loves Us, you're about to hear a new podcast series during which I'll interview several of my colleagues at CCEF. During these conversations, we'll explore the intersection of three struggles common to each of us as believers in Christ. The first is the struggle to ground our foundational identity in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Who am I, really, and how do I live each day in light of that identity is a question we find ourselves revisiting often as believers. What does it truly mean to live as a daughter or son of our Heavenly Father, a saint who is secure in Christ. The second is the struggle with suffering. We all wrestle with various hardships and afflictions, whether they arise from bodily weakness, relationships, or the situational challenges of life, whether they be traffic jams, financial hardships, or pandemics. How do we draw near to God? who is an ever-present help in times of trouble. How do we help others do that? Third is the struggle with sin. We all wrestle with the evil that dwells within our hearts and erupts in words and deeds that harm others and ourselves. How do we reckon with the fact that, as the Apostle Paul says, when I want to do good, evil is right there with me? How does God help us grow in holiness? Moreover, how do we speak wisely and winsomely to those mired in sin? As Christians, we share the experience of simultaneously being saints, sufferers, and sinners. Knowing one another and loving one another well requires that we attend to these three foundational experiences. So join me now in listening to Stories from Saints, Sufferers, and Sinners. Today I have the privilege of speaking with Jen Jang. Jen received her MS Ed in Counseling from the University of Pennsylvania and her MA in Counseling from Westminster Theological Seminary. She completed her counseling field work at an intensive outpatient center, CCEF, and the Philadelphia Renewal Network. Currently, she works for CCEF's School of Biblical Counseling as the Student Services and Partnerships Assistant. She also serves as Communications Director 
and counseling intern at her church. Her favorite activities include discovering new music, hiking, spending quality time with family and friends, and photography. She is passionate about seeing biblical counseling become integrated into different contexts, cultures, and churches. Here are several things to notice as you listen to our conversation. Jen makes the connection between identity and purpose, that who we are in Christ drives daily mission, and that even the smallest things we do are invested with kingdom, meaning, and purpose. She also speaks a lot about being a saint who suffers, and how suffering has grown her security in Christ, as well as confidence that the furthering of God's kingdom and her good are intertwined in suffering. That's a perspective I know I need to return to again and again. I also love Jen's metaphors of the Christian life as a woven tapestry or a story authored by God that is part of a much bigger story of redemption in Jesus Christ. That's a theme that resurfaces at several points in our conversation. And then finally, listen for the stories of her friends who mixed hospitality, compassion, encouragement, validation, and truth-telling into their ministry to Jen. I'm always encouraged when I hear these stories, and I think I want to be that person who ministers so helpfully to others in their suffering. So ask yourself, what am I hearing that may help me come alongside a struggling brother or sister even this week? Well, Jen, it's a real honor to uh, to sit down and to talk with you uh, today. So thank you for uh, for agreeing to be part of this this podcast series. Really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for um, giving me the opportunity to talk with you and just to share a bit about what God has done. Um, you know, not only in my life, but all the lives of those who also shared their stories. I, mm. I really think it's such a privilege and honor, and I'm so excited to be here and talk with you. Yeah, well, great. I, I've, I've enjoyed every conversation I've had. It's been so, uh, so edifying and encouraging and, and helpful for me. So mm-hmm. I have no doubt that <laughs> our time will be, will be similar. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love, to, love to start out... Um, just hearing a bit about your your story of of coming to to know the Lord. What is that uh, What has that journey been like? Right. So I I do believe that I you know grew up being Christian by the grace of God just at a young age. I'm not exactly sure when, but uh, because my parents are both Christian and they attended church, I went with them. And so growing up, I don't know exactly when I <laughs> became Christian, but I knew that I had believed in Christ as my Savior. Um, But then this all kind of came to a sudden rude awakening when I was actually a senior in high school. I was very active in youth group, on the leadership board, um, loved serving, loved being active. Uh, But then it was a senior year, and so I was about to graduate. And as you know, there's something called senior week for a lot of high schools. (laughs) It's it's when, um, you know, seniors get to go out together for a week. Um, they get to just have fun together. And so my friends were actually planning on going to Canada to see the Niagara Falls. Mm. Um, but then <laughs> at the same time, our youth group was deciding to go to Haiti for a mission trip. Huh. And so, you know, I was in this dilemma, should I go to senior week or should I go to Haiti? And I, um, 
I decided to go to Haiti, but I'll tell a bit more about the reason why later. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I had decided to to go to Haiti instead, and so you know, I I said no to the senior week, no to having that fun. Um, I mean, not that missions is not fun. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a different kind of fun. Yes. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so yeah, we were you know preparing for the mission trip, and me just being my silly, irresponsible self. I, I did not know where my passport was, actually. <laughs> but I was like, you know what, Jen? It'll show up somewhere in the house. Don't worry about it. And so I uh, foolishly waited until the day before the mission trip. It was really that, that late. Um, it's just so embarrassing to, to share my uh, <laughs> foolishness and irresponsibility. But um, so I, I checked the, the day before and my heart dropped when I opened my passport. And it was because the passport had actually expired. Oh boy, yes. Yeah. And so very obviously that meant I could not go. Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember telling my pastors um, and I, I was just bawling on the ground actually. I remember I was crawled up in a ball, just lying on the floor, I was weeping. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, God, how, how could you let this happen? Like, I, I said no to senior week and I said yes mm-hmm. to missions, like for you. And that was when um, God revealed just the utter sinfulness of my heart. Mm-hmm. And he actually exposed that, um, you know, Jen, you thought you were doing what's holy, but you were actually going for your own glory. You wanted to impress people. You wanted to impress your pastor. Um, you were really going just for yourself and not for me and my glory. And uh, <laughs> I, I remember just... <laughs> That's a really humbling moment. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it was just like, God, I had no idea I was this sinful. I had mm. no idea how wretched and how twisted my heart could be. And so I, I remember just really crying, being so sad about and grieved about how, how could I do this to God, this glorious God? How could I even try to imagine stealing some of his glory or wanting it for myself? Hmm. And so the whole summer, I I just really questioned, like, I'm not Christian. Like, am I Christian? How could God love someone so sinful and so just twisted like me? And Hmm. so, um, yeah, I went to college thinking I, I wasn't Christian or I could never be um, but then I, I attended church that my brother went to, and by the grace of God, um, during that first semester, on one of the Friday nights, we had praise and prayer night. You know, we listened to a sermon, and by God's grace, uh, my brother was there, someone I'm comfortable with, and he, you know, I told him how I felt so like sinful before God. Like, how could I break his heart like this? And, uh, <laughs> Yeah. And then um, <laughs> I remember my brother just saying, you know, um, like that, this is the gospel. Mm. The fact that you're so sinful and um, Jesus Christ came to die for your sins, Jen. And so um, I think that night I, I came to really understand in a profound new way that Christ, he personally died for my sins and uh, he truly forgives me and redeems me and he mm. calls me his own. And so... Yeah, that, that was the process of how I, I really came to believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He forgives me. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, since, ever since then, I remember that first, like, the months following, it was just bliss with God. It was a honeymoon. 
It was just, it was just wonderful. So mm -hmm. that's how I came to know the Lord, I believe. <laughs> yeah. It's such, yeah, such a, uh, such a great um, illustration of the of that famous phrase of Jack Miller's that you're, you're more you know, desperately wicked than you ever dared imagine. You know, cheer up, you're worse than you think. Right. Um, but you are so, you know, deeply loved beyond imagination in Jesus Christ. And it seems like at that, at that moment, those, those two realities just boom, you know, collided in your life. You were, you were aware of the, the heaviness of your, of your sin and seeing yeah, to use that uh, Puritan phrase, the sinfulness of sin. Um, mm -hmm. But, but there you, you, you know, Jesus met you with His grace and mercy. Right, Amen. I love that too. I, I think about that a lot too. Just, it's amazing how God knows the deepest parts of me, even the sinfulness I don't see, and that He loves me still. It's it's just such a profound mystery and beauty, and such a wonderful truth. So, mm -hmm. yeah, thank you for sharing that quote and reminding me of it. Yeah. Well, and that is so foundational in terms of our to to know our security is in is in Jesus. And so for, mm -hmm. can you talk a bit how I mean, you talked about that uh, those initial months just in terms of uh, the, the joy and, and, and peace. And mm -hmm. what what's it been like since in terms of that uh, that sense of living as a secure, you know, secure daughter in in Jesus um, mm -hmm. what's that been like right so um, I will confess that I am this is an area that I largely wrestle with Mike <laughs> uh -huh. um, I this is something that I really talk about with God on a daily basis in terms of like God I really need you to remind me that I am mm. your beloved I am your saint because just the thought patterns I have, the tendencies I go towards is more towards like shame and mm -hmm. disappointment and discouragement towards myself. Um, I mean, you could even go so far as sometimes being like a self-pity, like, oh, I'm just, how could I be this way? Yeah. So yeah. I already want to confess just that this is something God, I think, will continue to teach me just on a daily basis. Um, but if I could share just you know, a few strands of that in my own life is, mm -hmm. um, you know, in those periods of my life where I truly and strongly felt just how loved I was and cherished I was as a daughter of our great king, that's when my self-consciousness, my worries, my anxieties about, you know, what people think about me, uh, will they judge me? Will they approve of me? All those things started to melt away. It was really because in those moments I had fallen so deeply in love with God and just being so um, certain that my relationship with God could never change. No matter what I did, um, no matter how many times I've sinned against Him or others, the fact that He um, truly loves me just really changed um, I mean, even to people, like my appearance and how I went about life. So that's kind of a generic mm -hmm. strand I found in my life. Like there's a, there's a parallel. Like when people notice, like there's something different about you or just you feel more secure or um, there's a, a radiance in a sense. That's when I feel like the communion has been really deep with God. But mm -hmm. I actually do wrestle a lot with 
um, being secure in this identity. So uh, I will say that one way that I'm very thankful for um, just being a saint of God is that it's actually given me a great sense of purpose in my life. So for me, that's the day to day. Like I am so firm in that God has a purpose for each and every one of us. Um, so this, you know, really helps in my day to day basis in terms of how I view work. Like mm -hmm. even if it's the sending an email or setting up something administratively, just knowing that all these things are really to build God's kingdom. Even if I can't see all the intricacies, mm -hmm. like trusting that because God is so for his glory and for his kingdom, like I can trust even the smallest things I do have purpose and meaning. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that. There's also in suffering. Um, this has always gotten me through, which is the belief that my suffering, none of it goes to waste. Like not a single tear I've shed has gone to waste um, because I know that my suffering is all part of this grand story that's bigger than myself, bigger than my own small story. It's, it's part of this grand scheme of God's redemption. Mm -hmm. And so in that way, I, I do feel like how I see being a saint um, affect me day to day is just having this sure, steadfast purpose in life, um, not because I made it for myself, but because God has secured it. Um, so that's, that's a bit about how I've been, mm -hmm. um, seeing the implications of being a saint. That's, mm -hmm. that's really, really helpful to, to hear. I mean, I really like what you're saying about the, you know, sense of security in Christ or identity in Christ being tied to purpose and, and mission, you know, that, um, being his child gives us gives us this immense purpose as, as right. his ambassador, as his, um, yeah, his, as his hands and feet, uh, Jesus mm -hmm. uh, walking, uh, carrying out his purposes through us. So I, I really appreciate, uh, appreciate you saying that. It's not something that we just kind of sit and contemplate and yeah. glow uh, in, in the corner, <laughs> but there's this sense right. of energy that, that flows out of that. Uh, into into our into our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, that was it. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just thinking, like, how how have you? And, and we'll we'll touch on uh, the suffering piece in just a minute because you also mentioned mm -hmm. that, and I think that's really, mm -hmm. I think you're that's right. We we are saints who who suffer, and so absolutely being in Christ is 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 tied to the experience of suffering. So let me go there in just a second, but how how have you, because I think what you've described in terms of this battle of living in the security of, mm -hmm. you know, being a daughter, or in my case, a son of God, is is really challenging. So how, how do you, how do you cultivate that um, mm -hmm. kind of day by day? What What are some ways in which you found this helps to bring you back to those foundational realities of who you mm -hmm. are in Christ. Right. Wow, that's an excellent question. I <laughs> I feel like I'm always asking God, like, help me. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if I've gleaned anything <laughs> from just what you know God has been doing, I think these days what I have been focusing on is um, 
I really have to honestly challenge and combat in a way my very natural and in in a my very natural thoughts, the ones that automatically come to me, the thoughts that say like you're not enough, you're mm-hmm. not loved, um, you're always failing. Like I, I tend to have these kinds of thoughts just in the back of my mind, and so I think for me these days it's really been trying to combat that with. Um, like, why, why are you believing that? It's challenging those thoughts. It's, it's asking God. It's really, I mean, to be honest, it's just asking, like, God, help me. Mm-hmm. I, I really have been asking that every day, mm. just the past few weeks. Like, God, help me. I, I don't understand right now in this period deeply, or I'm not letting you um, really love me in the sense of I create some kind of barrier or I don't want to believe it Mm. um, or I keep them at a distance. There's some kind of dynamic going on and even I'm not in control of that Mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, I can contribute to it, but sometimes I just feel so helpless against it in a way. But I think that's when, you know, God is really calling me to depend on him. It's, you know, it's crazy. It's like even something like, why wouldn't you want to be um, secure and loved in Christ. It's like, oh, of course I, I want to. But then even then, it's like I need to ask God for his help and mm-hmm. I need to depend on him. And so I think these days it just has been really just crying out to God. I need your help, God. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something I sometimes don't know how to get out of myself. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really mm-hmm. what it's been for me is just crying out. And um, yeah, if I could also think of something practical, there are certain songs that I will repeat, actually, mm-hmm. just songs of reminders of um, my identity in God, his steadfast love. Um, yeah, his, just songs about his steadfast love and that um, he loves and cares for his children. Anything that's been kind of moving in my heart to remind me of my um, identity in God has been mm-hmm. really helpful too, I have to say. Like just the worship yep. is so helpful. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I really, I mean, I really appreciate your posture of dependence, you know, and helplessness. It's not a, you're just highlighting, this is not a once and done thing mm-hmm. in terms of this resting in in Christ. It's we, we cry out for it. It's sort of uh, what, what came to mind when you were talking there was, you know, blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, son mm-hmm. of David, have mercy on me. You know, that I, right. we, need his, we need his help even to, you know, to see clearly. And, and, you, and you're very aware of your, your tendencies to move into those false identities or those places where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where you're not living, uh, living securely. And then also right. highlighting just how, yeah, corporate worship as well as singing and particular songs as well as scripture mm-hmm. help us, <laughs> help us stay grounded in him. Right. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I mean, a little bit ago, you, you know, you mentioned, you, you touched, you know, on suffering and how the Lord, how being, being secure in him is helpful in the midst of suffering. Could you talk a, a bit more about that? And, mm-hmm. and, uh, just how has the Lord met you? How how have other people also met you in, in your suffering? I would love to hear mm-hmm. about how um, some examples also of how people ministered well to you. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. 
So I am so fortunate in this way because, um, and this is interestingly tied in with the previous question of, um, you know, how if you're wrestling with believing, you know, that you're a saint and you're, you know, chosen and loved child of God, you know, how do you combat that and how do you wrestle with that? And interestingly, this is tied in with this part of the question because for me, it's actually also the instances where I've received help and comfort from people tangibly that I can really say that God um, loves me and I feel secure mm. in that. So even, um, yeah, so even, side note, <laughs> I do have a gratitude journal, <laughs> which is right that's here. Awesome. That's wonderful. <laughs> and so in moments of suffering, I, I have written down literally every instance where I, mm. I felt God's love, his comfort and his truths to me through people. Mm. Um, so... Just a you know encouragement there that, as David says in the Psalms, there's there's something so sweet about looking back and God to looking back at God's faithfulness, um, and so you know thinking about this question is just so sweet because it's in the moments of suffering where I actually grew in my security in God, mm. and so I think you know one very specific example of how being a saint has helped me face suffering is with the example of um, last year just going through a very difficult uh, situation with a relationship where I was, you know, with my boyfriend and then we broke up for um, certain reasons. I had uh, prayed about it and felt like the Lord was leading me to break up with him. And uh, I just had this immense fear right after, um, even during the process, just, you know, what if he dates my friend? What if... What if, what if? And so I had asked these questions and uh, my friends said that it's actually, you know, if he does end up being with, you know, your friend or someone else, that it's actually because it's for God's kingdom. And so, you know, it's also for your good. And actually, if I'm being honest, I did not, <laughs> I did not deep down love hearing that. <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it was hard, but... Um, in hindsight, that actually now is like the vision, the the quote, the the sentence I keep coming back to is, mm. whatever happens in my life, it is for his kingdom and for my good. Like I just repeat those two parts, mm. for his kingdom, his glory, and for my good. And it's not separated, it's intertwined. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, now I find so much encouragement because I know, you know, whoever he has been with, um, you know, now that he is dating and engaged, I know that that is for their good and for God's kingdom. You know, perhaps they'll be together. They are better than what me and my ex could have been. And it's mm -hmm. for God's kingdom. And then there's hope for me in the sense of, well, now I know that, you know, I, I just hope and pray whoever I end up with, if I do, mm -hmm. um, will be for God's kingdom Perhaps we're a better pair together to bless others. And it's also for my good. And so now that's just been a resounding phrase I keep going back to. Um, so that's that's one way that being a saint in suffering has really helped. Again, it's that <laughs> security in God's purposes and his good plans for us. Mm. It's so out of love. It's, it's not, um, yeah, it's not just for his kingdom. So it's not. God not considering me, but it's also for my good. So it's something that I would love, actually, something I would appreciate mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. end. If I understood everything he did, I would be mm -hmm. like, yes, God, thank you for this. Um, 
for how you worked in my life. Um, so that's one thing I can think of. Um, and you can feel free to stop me if it. Well, yeah. just yeah, just one quick comment there. Like I, mm -hmm. I appreciate what you said in terms of like when you when you heard that from your other friend is sort of like I don't know if I if I like <laughs> that. You know, like you're highlighting how sometimes it just it takes a while, right, for right. for God's truth to kind of penetrate and seep mm -hmm. into into our hearts, particularly in times of of sorrow and grief and, and lament and so something that's good and right and true that God's mm -hmm. purposes are good and that he's for us and not against us sometimes those words can feel not helpful <laughs> until right. I think prayerfully and over time those you know those realities are helpful but it, it wasn't it wasn't an automatic switch it doesn't it doesn't sound like right it sounds like it took, no, it took some time <laughs> Right. It took a lot of time. Um, and I do, I kind of feel like it's also like, like certain things in life just age better with time <laughs> and it gets richer with time too. You know, yeah. you think about a tea bag and you, you know, put it in and some teas, it just tastes better if you let it seep in. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of reminds me of that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, now it gives me hope back then it was so discouraging and it was like, it hurt my pride. Um, but now it's, it's something that gives me so much relief and hope, just total 180. And so another piece that has helped me in my suffering, you know, just as a saint, has actually been this concept of knowing the author, just hmm. the concept of God being my author. And because he is my father, that he will be the most detailed, most caring author I know. That hmm. has given me immense comfort in my life. And so if I can explain that as well, just bringing it back to a certain time period of my life. Sure. Mm -hmm. Great. And so there was a period of my life where there were a lot of transitions. There were, you know, some, there was a tra traumatic experience that I also went through. There was um, just some injustice in certain areas of my life where, you know, politics were involved. It was um, just a lot of things happening at once where I literally felt like every day I could not get through another day. Mm. Not in the sense like suicidal, um, I just don't want to live another day, but more in the sense of sometimes when suffering is so great and it compounds, it's just mm -hmm. so excruciating and I feel like I can't get through another day. Mm -hmm. I just feel so weak and overwhelmed. And so in that season of my life where I just felt like suffering had turned my life upside down and I felt so helpless in the situation. What helped me in that situation and after was the idea that literally every single thing that happened, God wrote it in his book for me. So I mm. could know that every word, every period, every comma, every, you know, but then, however, if all those mm. things God had masterfully orchestrated and so even though it was excruciatingly hard, there is no way I can minimize the pain. I think it was just knowing that I could trust God because he really does care for me. And although I don't understand this chapter of my life, I know someone who does, and that's my father. Mm -hmm. And it also comfort, comforted me knowing that at the end of my book, you know, it's all heading towards redemption. It's all heading towards 
finally being at home with God face to face, there's a happy ending to everything. Hmm. And so that just gave me so much hope because, you know, that meant day to day, I'm actually getting closer to that reality of um, redemption and, you know, whether I see that redemption of my suffering now on earth or if I have to wait until heaven for God to reveal all of that, I could just be rest assured that I can trust in his plans for me. Mm. And so, you know, that was really helpful in the sense that even in my story, because God put Jesus into it, whether it's very explicit in the words of the chapter or if it's, you know, you have to read between the lines Mm. and Jesus is in there without being explicitly in there, that brought so much hope because that meant every single word, punctuation, chapter, plot line, everything has been actually touched by Christ. And so it's not suffering to no end. It's not suffering that's meaningless. It's actually suffering that God has touched and redeemed. Mm. And so just knowing that gave me so much assurance and peace. But again, Mm. not to negate that it's difficult, but just again, that that greater security. Yeah, and just putting it into that that broader context of what God is doing over over time. Like I really appreciate your metaphor of the the author and, and the book. And yeah, that I mean that's our that's our experience in reading good literature too, right? Like right, exactly. good good literature isn't this monochromatic, everybody's right. happy all the time and it you know, like or or that it's only tragedy all the time. But there's there's mm-hmm. something that's driving this plot forward and right. yeah you're just highlighting that the author of our stories is this you know benevolent father um, mm-hmm. who is who is writing it for for our good and we right. know that because of that he you know Jesus exactly. <laughs> walked in our shoes you know yes. before before us to to ensure that that's the case. So I really exactly. I really love that metaphor. That's a really helpful way of and even what you said about maybe we see the Lord very explicitly in in a given day in terms of how He's meeting us in suffering. At other times, you have to look between the lines. I really right. appreciate that. Thank you. That was mm-hmm. that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, praise God. That's that's through experience, you know? You're like, where is God? And then you look back and it's like, oh, there he was. It's like yeah. you read between the yeah. lines and you could see him. Mm-hmm. So definitely, you know, all praise and glory to God for... Like, he's such a masterful author that he even gave us that metaphor, you know? Like, yep. That we could understand that. And, you know, if it's okay to take it a step further too, I actually think about what helps me with that metaphor is actually remembering that, wow, God didn't just write my book, but actually when I turn to other pages, my book is actually in the middle of a greater book. Mm-hmm. And it's not just my story, but God is working through every single person's life and their stories. And Jesus is literally written in every page of them. And he changed what could have been such a dark, depressing book mm. to something that is actually so hopeful and um and so that, that always gives me peace, knowing that it's not about me. It's not mm-hmm. just my story, but it's a story embedded in a larger, beautiful, redemptive story that God created. And there's so much sanity, actually, that comes mm-hmm. from that. Like, it's not about me. It's about God as well. You know, it's about God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's that just it's so helpful, you know, that it's not simply 
are individual or individualistic right. uh, mm -hmm. experiences, but they are embedded. They are embedded with other people, but they are embedded mm -hmm. ultimately in this this uh, redemptive tapestry that right. that God is weaving. That has this certain endpoint. You know, when we read you know Revelation twenty one and and twenty two. So that that's right. really encouraging. Mm -hmm. And that's actually funny that you brought up the tapestry aspect because, Mike, that has actually, um, that is the next thing I wanted to share. <laughs> oh, wow. Great. Go <laughs> for is, it. Yeah, very neat. So um, there was actually a tapestry poem that my pastor had shared during a sermon. And it's something he read to us when, again, I went through some relational turmoil, just you know, feeling really sad about the breakup and then how things happened after. It was just such a hard period where I, um, yeah, I felt really hurt and sad about it. But if I could read the poem, if that's sure. okay, that sure, you shared. Sure, that'd be great. Um, so it's by Corey Ten Boom. And she says, my life is but a weaving between my God and me. I cannot choose the colors he weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow and I in foolish pride forget he sees the upper side, and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the, the reasons why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth can dim. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. Mm. And so, yeah, this this poem is just immensely meaningful, mm -hmm. especially because I'm, I'm a visual person. I love, yep. you know, these analogies. Just, again, remembering that our life is a tapestry and there is a great personal, intimate tapestry maker and artist behind all of that. And so I can trust that my life is in his hands and right now I might not be able to understand every single strand and thread of my life, but one mm. day, you know, I, I will see the, the upper side and it'll be mm. an absolutely beautiful tapestry that tells of God's glory and his goodness. Um, and yeah, again, everything we've gone through will not be for nothing, but it'll have so much meaning, mm -hmm. love, glory, purpose behind it. And so that's been personally really a blessing for me. Oh, that's, that's a wonderful poem. And yeah, it, you know, coming from Corey Ten Boom, it's, you know, mm -hmm. she knew suffering. And so, right. yeah, I think so, so many of our days can feel like the underside, right? We see exactly. all these threads and jumble of knots and it's like, what's going on here? Right. And uh, so having, yeah, having that trust that actually there is a, there's a weaving taking place and it will, mm -hmm. it will be beautiful. Um, right. Even if we're having trouble seeing it in, in the moment. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it, it, staying on this theme of suffering, mm -hmm. are there are there ways in which, and you alluded a little bit to this earlier, in terms of people coming alongside you that minister to you well? Can you can you give maybe an example of that? Like, oh, this is this really was so helpful in the way this person came to me in the midst of my suffering. That's that's one thing, and then. How about when that didn't happen well? Um, you know, when you, you, you felt like you know, someone didn't understand or they didn't meet me well in my suffering. I'd love to hear maybe any, 
example from each of those. Right. Yeah, I'd love to share. So, I mean, this is just um, such a privilege to even have been asked this question because it just makes me reflect and think about how God has been so, so good and faithful through people. And so one example I can give, um, well, if it's okay, if I could give two (laughs) examples for it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm tempted to like just give a shout out to everyone like, oh, yeah, this person and that person. this, But I'm trying to refrain, Mike. <laughs> um, so, you know, one example I can think of is last year when I went through the breakup, it was really difficult because it was the last thing I wanted to do. But I had come to a point in my relationship where I I asked God, you know, can you show me if I should be with this person or not? And if not, can you make it very obvious to me? Show me a sign. And God was very quick to answer. And so, you know, I, I broke up not because I wanted to. If I followed my desires, I would have stayed. I would have wanted to. But, you know, out of obedience from what I felt like God had shown me, I broke up. And so it was just an extremely difficult situation. And my mentor, she actually, she bought a round-trip ticket for me to visit her in Atlanta. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, the sacrifice of money and time just for me reflected, I mean, honestly, God's sacrifice for me with his son. You know, if he, he showed me that he loved me because he sent his son for me to, to die for me and to save me. And so in that way, you know, my, my mentor, she sacrificed her money, her time to have me come all the way down to Atlanta to host me in her house. She showed such great hospitality. She asked me what my favorite snacks were. She would prepare it. She was always asking me what I wanted to eat. And you know how food really gets to you, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. It's comforting and it tastes good. <laughs> yes, yes. And it was, you know, definitely helpful because I'd lost my appetite greatly. Mm. You know, I lost a lot of weight, lost my appetite. And here's this sister encouraging me to eat. So <laughs> oh, very yeah. helpful. Yeah, you know, physically, spiritually, emotionally. And, you know, she would take me out to um, just talk. And she would really walk me through what happened. And and she would very kindly and lovingly help me see what was happening. Um, she would help me see the patterns that I held. So, for example, um, you know, she said, you know, I see this pattern where you're really blaming yourself for things. But you know, sometimes or oftentimes we shouldn't blame ourselves for other people's actions. And Mm. um, she helped me see that. And I I didn't notice I had been doing that. So even just her pointing out my patterns, perhaps thinking patterns that were not right, true or helpful, she helped point that out, which was really, Mm. really eye-opening for me, even though in the beginning it was hard for me to understand. And so, yeah, just the fact that she had been so hospitable and really mm. taking me under her wings for me showed how God cares for me um, intimately. And uh, that's that's one example. That's great. Yeah, this is just this full-orbed care mm-hmm. um, she gave to you, you know, tangible, physical, right? Here's some, here's some food um, and I'm going to eat with you. And, yeah. and then just coming alongside of you and encouraging you, you know, where you needed to be encouraged. And that's right. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's one of the things I often think about when I am tempted to ask, like, God, like, why this suffering or that suffering? Or do you love me? 
Um, and he'll just remind me with that example, actually, again and mm -hmm. again. Like, I sent this person to carefree and love for you. Like, you have to know I love you, Jen. And, and then I believe again, mm -hmm. very, very quickly like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, well, just, yeah, that remembering you know, is, a, is a really wonderful thing for a, a discipline for us, right? You, you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier your gratitude journal and just there's a way in which yes. bringing to mind what God has done uh, and and through uh, and through other people as well, mm -hmm. brings yeah brings us back to sanity as you you know as you oh, said yeah. earlier. Definitely, I would highly recommend it to everyone because you know when you do read back on your journal, you'll just be floored by how God has met you in the mm -hmm. toughest times of your life, mm -hmm. um, and it does give you strength to continue. And so. Um, if it's okay that I, I also share another one. Sure, go for um, it. This is also something that I have written down in my gratitude journal, something I've actually printed and thought about. <laughs> and so, again, you know, with what happened last year, I actually got to share during a CCEF prayer meeting. And I'm just so thankful for each and every, you know, one of you that's part of CCEF that, you know, was willing to pray for me and talk about it. Um, so I actually, the very first time I mentioned what happened to me, I don't know if you, I believe you were I there. I think I was I'm there. Sure. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was uh, crying. Yep. I was crying a lot. And um, it was a very vulnerable moment for me. Mm. And I also like apologized as I was sharing. I, I was like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm crying. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. This is a lot. <laughs> so they were like, we Go for it. We see this all the time. Right. right. This, is a, this is normal for grief and right. sorrow. Yeah. Exactly. Which is so comforting. Um, you know, even now, I sense that from you, Mike, as we're talking. This is just so comforting. I'm like, oh, Mike, Mike understands. He's so empathetic. It's so easy to talk to you right now, too, as I'm sharing. Um, so, yeah, thank you as well. Um, so, you know, after I shared with, at the prayer meeting, someone had actually emailed me right after immediately after and they thanked me first of all for sharing my heart with everyone this morning and they said it was a real blessing to um to him and to all of us and uh, he he said that as i shared he was filled with emotion and compassion for me mm -hmm. and he listed them he said sorrow um, your heart is broken and it hurts badly he he wrote about anger he wrote about confusion you know, what, what does Satan want you to question in yourself or accuse you of? Because I felt so, um, if I can be quite honest, I, I felt unworthy. I felt like trash. I felt unlovable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was confused. And he also wrote, he felt relief. He was thankful that God, you know, revealed that he was thankful that God answered my prayer request and showed me what I should do mm. with my relationship. And then, you know, he said, I'm sure there's more. Please don't ever apologize for such a personal and tender prayer request. Mm. That was beautiful and gracious of you to share with us. And, you know, he said, I'm glad that the Lord spared you of the sorrow then, you know, if we were to continue in comparison to now. Um, so basically saying it's really hard now. Um, but if you continue, to, it probably would have been harder. And so at the end, he just, all he did was apologize that I'm in the midst of it. And he said, what a grief, what a loss. Mm. Um, and, you know, if I could just explain a bit about 
perhaps the dynamics of wine that was helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, Please. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, you know, first of all, as I was going through it, I was filled with such confusion and conflict of emotions. And the fact that someone had written it all down and helped make something chaotic more simple and understandable, that was really helpful for me because for me, it was just everything is just flying around my mind and my heart. It was, I was disheveled. I felt confused and lost. But for someone to come alongside you and just help organize what mm. you're feeling and make it concise and simple, there's a sense of relief like, oh, like this is what I'm going through. There's mm-hmm. words to what I'm going through. Mm. Um, and then I think second, because this person had felt these emotions on my behalf, I was just so humbled. Like, why would someone feel these things for me? Mm. They're not even going through it themselves, um, which reflects you know, God, of course, and how he mm. deeply feels with us and walks with us in our suffering. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the aspect of you know, third, there was an aspect of bringing, I would say, dignity and honor to the way I was suffering because this person thanked me and said it was beautiful and gracious to share. Mm. And mm-hmm. as I was sharing, I was filled with a lot of shame mm. um, for how I was suffering and what actually happened. You know, I, I was embarrassed. I, I cried so much. I, I'm a crier mm. and I was ashamed, but he brought dignity to it. Mm. And then I think also just the fact that they ended on, you know, I'm grieving with you, that was Mm. helpful as well. Just, I'm not in it alone. Yeah, wow, Mm. that's that's such a wonderful example. And again, thank you for your your own vulnerability in sharing that now, but uh, just, yeah, that that framing of your experience you Mm -hmm. found so helpful, you know, that person brought clarity, they, they brought a you know a sense of of unity with you, right. <laughs> and uh, and identifying with your with your sufferings uh, mm-hmm. in a way that made yeah just made you feel like I'm okay I'm not I'm not alone in this and I'm upheld uh, in the midst of my in the midst of my sorrow. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think oh yeah. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think in particular why I found this example interesting is, you know, the fact that it wasn't like an explicit Bible verse was shared mm-hmm. or, you know, an explicit truth about God. It was it was the God's love becoming tangible. It was the um, I'm starting to forget what I was trying to say, the God's love being I wonder if you can help me out. Not Incarnated or yes, lived thank out. You. And, yeah. Incarnated. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. it was. Thank you, yeah. Mike. Yeah, yeah it, w- it was the aspect of God's love being incarnated mm-hmm. that brought a lot of healing and hope in my life. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was greatly encouraging to me because sometimes, you know, I'm like, I don't know what to say. But sometimes it's really just walking alongside that person and feeling yeah. for them and caring for them. Um, so, yeah, which is validating their their place of suffering, taking away the, even the, sh- the shame of that vulnerability um, mm-hmm. with someone right there with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, you highlighted how, in this case, someone, you know, they weren't bringing a particular passage uh, to you, but there are, there are times, obviously, right, in the midst of our suffering where either someone 
speaks to us, you know, words mm -hmm. of scripture, or we or we read something in scripture. Mm -hmm. in, has there has there been anything in the the suffering that you've spoken about where the the Lord has brought something uh, from from the Bible to bear on on your life? And mm -hmm. so, what would, what would that be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so one of those scripture passages is from the story of Joseph in Genesis. So it's Genesis 37 to 50, just following the life mm -hmm. of Joseph. And, you know, just to briefly recap, Joseph is one of Jacob's sons and, you know, one of 12 sons. And Jacob favors Joseph over the other brothers and they sell him into slavery, you know, into Egypt. Um, but just through God's sovereignty and how he, again, is the masterful weaver and the wonderful author, you know, while Joseph is in Egypt, he, you know, rises in power and favor. He also goes through some difficulties such as false accusations. But, you know, at the, at the end of all of that, he actually, um, Pharaoh appoints him to be the prime minister of Egypt. And so uh, we see there that after all of that, um, his brothers... They go to Egypt because there's a famine and they're seeking food. And that's actually when they encounter Joseph. Uh, you know, they betray Joseph, but they actually don't know that it's Joseph. Mm -hmm. But of course, Joseph is aware. And, you know, at the end of all of that, eventually Joseph reveals himself to them. And he says to them, as for you, you meant evil against me, mm. but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And so mm. Joseph actually ends up saving his brothers, he provides food for them, and he ends up saving really Israel, which is mm -hmm. eventually where Jesus would come from. So that is, you know, amazing masterful weaving mm. right there. It's a great yes. tapestry. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, mm -hmm. And so that story and that verse has meant the world to me. It truly has because, you know, in certain periods of my life where suffering just was immense and compounded, you know, even specifically when there are moments where I felt like men did something evil against me, you know, as Joseph says, you meant evil against me. When I really felt that, you know, when trust is broken in, you know, a relationship and it just uh, becomes difficult, um, to process or, you know, when you go through something traumatic, which I had gone through, um, or, you know, with even, um, yeah, other suffering that I experienced in that period, you know, all of that, I really could understand how men meant something evil against me, but I could say that God meant it for good. And mm -hmm. just to also give a specific example is, you know, all that suffering that actually happened when I was going through a lot of transitions. And one of the transitions was leaving my secular grad school and coming over to Westminster, actually. And mm -hmm. there was a lot that happened in that period in all spheres of my life, you know, including some trauma and other sufferings. And, um, you know, at the end of it, God actually brought me from a place of suffering to a place of redemption and actually even a better place than before. So an example is, um, you know, I, I went from my secular school and came over here to Westminster and CCEF uh, just because one professor I had at CCEF kind of 
took me under her wings and invited me to come to CCEF. And so right there, I could see in my, with my very own eyes the very suffering that led me to leave and leave a lot of different places, a lot of, that just led to a lot of transitions that actually led me to a greater place, which is, you know, studying biblical counseling to being at CCEF where my experiences here have been so redemptive and actually so healing. And so, you know, I could confidently say what man meant, you know, what he meant evil against me, God meant for good. Um, so that has been really hope giving to me over mm -hmm. and over again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's such a, a wonderful narrative that God mapped into your, you know, into your life, into, into all our lives. But just that, yeah, it just really um, touches closely on that, that tapestry metaphor, mm -hmm. like the, I'm sure right when Joseph's in the, in the dungeon, it's like, whoa, right. what is this story that God is weaving? You know, mm -hmm. it's, um, but we don't, we don't see, we, we had the privilege of seeing the, the end point of that right. story. And that, mm -hmm. that's part of, you know, that's part of what ultimately gives us hope. Obviously that moves towards, towards Jesus and himself, mm -hmm. our, our ultimate hope. So, right. Yeah, exactly. And to also add to that, I also realized this is, also one of those things where sometimes when you like read scripture again and again, like the same passage, there's a richness that grows with it. Because mm -hmm. even, you know, in the past year when I've been reading it, uh, the word wept and weeping and weep really popped out. Because actually, if you go through the story of Joseph, he cries a lot. <laughs> he weeps yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that was really comforting because mm. I also am a crier and I weep a lot. But to know that God wanted to include that in the Bible, that Joseph wept so many times, mm -hmm. just gave dignity and um, normalized the process of grieving, the process of understanding suffering and healing mm -hmm. from it. And so that, that was also something that um, really comforted me is, you know, I'm not alone mm -hmm. in how I process things yes. and how I weep. Yes. And you see that in, in Jesus' life as, as well. And, you know the at at Lazarus tomb when right. he enters into the the that terrible moment and then he weeps uh, with mm -hmm. with those who are who are weeping even knowing you know what he's going to do in terms of raising Lazarus from from the dead so right. you know I appreciate you sharing that can you can you talk about um now like what what is the where's the Lord at work now what's some of the cutting edge work that he's doing and by that i simply mean just day to day how is he growing you you know up more into into him how's he mm -hmm. how's he uh helping you walk in in obedience how i mean we talked about how you know in a sense being a being a saint is so critical uh in the midst of our sufferings how does it help you walk in obedience and mm -hmm. yeah so that that whole that whole process of growing in Christ and fighting fighting sin what what does that mm -hmm. look like right that is a great question so you know something I see God is doing in my life is um, really helping me depend on him more and to invite him into actually every conversation 
you know, I, I think of him as a father and he calls me, you know, his daughter. And so I think, you know, it's so easy for me to talk with friends, to share with friends. And I'm like, why don't I automatically do that with God sometimes? Um, mm -hmm. And so this is, you know, tied in with past suffering as well. But it's something I really had to learn from firsthand experience because in my past relationship, I um, didn't go into it asking for God's for God's, you know, opinion. I didn't go into it really depending on him hmm. or praying through it. And so, you know, once I did pray about it for the clarity in the relationship and God answered and I, you know, obeyed, after that, I was just stunned with this realization and desire to like next time in my like next time in my relationship or just overall day-to-day -day living, I want to invite God into every everything every decision, mm. even the smallest things, like I, I desire to depend on him and talk about it with him. And so that's something that I have been trying to do on a day-to-day -day basis in my daily thoughts. Mm. Um, just praying to God, talking to God, just asking him for his wisdom and to you know show me the way and, and I'll obey even when it's hard, um, help me to do mm. that. And so, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I really learned not to necessarily follow my own will, my own desires, but to ask God to do that for me. Like I was so afraid of God's control, but now it's like the only place for sanity is for God to be in control. And once you trust that and believe it, you find relief. Um, you don't mm -hmm. have to worry as much anymore. You can just trust that your life is in his hands. And so, yeah, I think this is related to a growing trust in God. Again, since, you know, I've experienced some traumatic things in my life, trust is just not the easiest thing for me. And so mm -hmm. I would say these days, just every day, it is having to, um, you know, pray to God to help me trust Him today. Again, it's, it's that theme of mm -hmm. crying out to God, like, I need your help. Yep. And yep. so... You know, that's, that's something I feel like God is doing in my life now. It's the cutting edge of growth for me is, is that continual growth in trust because I just mm. tend to have my guard up after, you know, things that happen in my life. Um, I'm more hypervigilant, all these things. You know, I, mm. I feel like because of that, perhaps for me, the process of trust will be a little bit harder, a little bit slower perhaps. But, um, yeah, one of my, my <laughs> friends helped me understand that and actually told me, you know, I think your suffering is beautiful because once you come out the other side, you'll be able to express your hard-earned, heart-wrenching, slowly forged trust in God and his healing mm -hmm. power to others. So, you know, Mike, right now it's not something, you know, 180 for me where I see this crazy change and growth. I mean, there are, I do see, you know, that growing trust in him. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, for right now, I think for me, it's that really daily faithfulness to dependency on God and praying to God for his wisdom and his will be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that, Jen, because it, it uh, in another, maybe putting it in the context of the, the metaphor you were using in terms of God weaving a tapestry or being mm -hmm. the author of our stories, I think so much of our day to day is like, will I... Will I yield? <laughs> will mm -hmm. I yield the pen, you know, to right. the author, or will I try to s scribble my own lines? Like, no, this is this is a better scene. Let me let me do it my way. Mm -hmm. 
as opposed to no help me help me to depend on you to to live out what you know what you're what you're writing um, mm-hmm. that's I think yeah what I what I hear you saying that day-to-day mm-hmm. dependence mm-hmm. right that's yeah. exactly yep even in you know going into conversations with people or thinking about how I want to live today you know I'll just pray in the morning like how how should I be as a friend who should I reach out to or you know what would be pleasing to you God as as me being a daughter to my family as being a sister to my family it's just there are so many ways you can tangibly ask God mm-hmm. um, for His wisdom and His will. So it's mm-hmm. it's been a it's been a nice slow journey, but very peace giving. Actually, I will mm. say I experience more peace as the days go on. Yeah, praise mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask one one last question, uh, Jen. You've talked a lot about how people have ministered really well to you in the midst of your suffering, particularly that example you gave of the, the, the email of, of a colleague that was so, yeah, so helpful. How, how has being the recipient of that, that kind of love shaped your, your own uh, wanting to, to move out in your relationships with that, with that right. same kind of love? So how has it, I guess, impacted mm-hmm. you as you move towards those who are or suffering or maybe mired in, mm-hmm. in sin. Right. Yeah, so that, that email and also just all the experiences of having been loved and cared for by so many during suffering, that's definitely changed my life, I think, first in recognizing where that came from, which is it all came from God, our Father, our King. He's not this God who's far away, but He's so intimate, so committed to all the details of our lives and he's committed to us as people and so because i really felt just how strongly god is committed you know to me through all these people it helps me to actually give him glory praise and thanksgiving and it's in that moment when i'm meeting with god just with overflowing gratitude i i do feel like that's where transformation can happen that's where your your lens of i want to go out because I've received so much from God himself, mm-hmm. I want to go out and share that love with others. And so, you know, that's, that's in very practical ways, such as, you know, this, this colleague that emailed me just showed me that, that reaching out to someone, you know, can do wonders. Sometimes mm-hmm. people can feel alone in their suffering, but just taking the step of being proactive, you know, asking God, give me your eyes to see those who are suffering around me. And then when someone does share, you know, to, to follow up or to pray for them on your own and tell them mm-hmm. um, that you've been thinking about them, there's, you know, that proactivity in how we care, others, for, care for others that I've mm-hmm. received and, and I'm trying to do as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and yeah, again, just highlighting that just a, sometimes it's just a very simple act right that makes makes a huge difference uh, mm-hmm. to us in the midst of our suffering uh, when someone reaches out to us or if we do to others so right i yeah i think i'm hearing you know in a sense pay attention to those pay attention to those nudges you know from, from the exactly. spirit in terms of reaching out right exactly Jen, i am really thankful for the time that uh, we've been able to to talk together and uh 
grateful you'd, you'd spend this time uh, mm -hmm. speaking honestly uh, and so clearly pointing uh, to Jesus in the midst of it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CCEF podcast, Stories from Saints, Sufferers, and Sinners. If you haven't yet purchased a copy of Mike Emlett's new book, our friends at Westminster Bookstore are offering a 50% off special to our podcast listeners. Just go to WTSbooks.com, add Saints, Suffers, and Sinners to your cart, and at checkout, use the code SSSPOD. Again, that code is SSSPOD. Also, we want to say a special thank you to poor Bishop Hooper for all the music in this episode. The music is from their newest project, Every Psalm, in which they aim to release a psalm-based song each week for all 150 psalms. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Why should I ever be afraid? Is the strong hold upon my life and of whom should I be afraid? Even with false witness or constant breath of violence I know the one who cares is there Even if my father and my mother both abandon I know the Lord who cares for me is there Come and talk with me.
responds in the way you made it lord i'm coming i am coming i am certain i will Oh uh...